What's your name? Susie Hunter. What was your job prior to 2021? A TV reporter. What did you do in 2021? I drove everywhere. Like where? <laughs> to all the ballparks. <laughs> Every ballpark in America you drove to? Yes. And you quit your job? I did. Yes or no? Do you regret that decision? No. Coming up on this edition of Life Around the Seams. Oh, yeah, I have a podcast. I forgot that I had a podcast. I moved away. I was doing a podcast for someone else. I moved back. I honestly forgot that I had a podcast. But it's a new year, and it's time to restart this podcast. And we will do so as we talk to the Susie Hunter about restarting her life in Denver, Colorado. Susie Hunter is next. This is Life Around the Seams. Former Major League pitcher Jim Bouton once wrote, You spend a good piece of your life gripping a baseball, and in the end, it turns out, it was the other way around all the time. Welcome to Life Around the Seams, a podcast about baseball people who have interesting stories from between the lines, and sometimes even more interesting stories outside the lines. Here's your host, Josh Sushan. There's a lot of people who have been to every ballpark, and there's a few that have been fortunate enough to do it all in one year. But you saw the Blue Jays in two different cities, mm -hmm. which means that you went to 31 Major League ballparks. That might be a record. I think it might be. Unless anyone else did this trip this year, I think that has to be a record. Well, maybe we need to get Guinness on the phone or something to find <laughs> out. But, I mean, congratulations. Thank you. What a – okay, so Why? <laughs> why did you quit your job and why did you decide that you were going to travel all around the country to go to every single major league ballpark? It's a great question. Okay. So, um, in terms of the road trip, this is kind of every baseball fans dream to go to every ballpark and especially do it all in one season is the absolute baseball fan dream right there. So I was sitting there in 2020 and thinking, gosh, if baseball comes back next year, I would love to be able to do the trip like this. Um, and I was working as a TV reporter in Connecticut and especially working through the pandemic that really wears on you. And I was so burnt out. So I just reached a point where I knew when my contract is up in March, I am going to take a break. I'm going to go back home for a month. I'm going to spend time with my family. And then if the season will allow for it, I'm going to do this road trip. So then when I realized it could happen, I mapped it all out and then I went for it. So that's how I got here. <laughs> when you tell your mom and your friends and other family members and just like the key people in your life that, A, I'm quitting my job or I'm not going to try to get my new contract, what was the reaction of people that you are not going to be working instead spending lots of money traveling around the country? <laughs> so much money. Um, I, I, maybe I'm, I don't think I'm surrounded by a lot of yes people, but my family and friends were so supportive. They were so excited about it and probably not surprised because I love doing, I just, I love to travel. I love just like getting out there on the road. Um, so that everyone was so supportive and so excited about it. Everyone wanted to know what they could do to help me make it happen. Um, and yeah, I could not have done it without them also. 
Okay, so you mentioned mapping it out. I have mm-hmm. asked you to do a homework assignment. So explain, go city by city, where you went and over the course of how many months. Okay, so I started this in May and it took me. Until so that's a the month the after season. the season had already started. Yes. Yeah, so I wanted to, it was important for me to make sure that I was already vaccinated fully when I started going to ballparks. Um, so I started in May. Um, the first game that I went to was in Philly. That's where I'm from. That's where I was staying at the time. It was the day of my sister's rehearsal dinner. So she was not thrilled that I went to a game that afternoon, but it was fine. I mean, we rehearsed. The wedding went great. and I didn't do anything to mess it up. So I started in Philly and then my next ball. Do you want me to just go through? Yeah, the yeah let's All go right. through it. Yes. So Philly, Boston, both New York teams. And that was fun because I got to go to four games in one day. Four games in one day. It was because a double double header. So were either one of them scheduled, or were both due to rainouts? Both were. Both games were rained out the day before, so then both teams did double headers, and it was the wildest baseball day of my entire life. And I can't imagine that will ever happen to me again. Like the opportunity to do four games in one day, um, that was incredible. And then after that, it was Pittsburgh, and then I went to. Buffalo. It was right after the Blue Jays got to Buffalo. Then they came up from Dunedin. Um, and then after that, the road trip like really became like all road. It was like Atlanta. I went down to Miami. I went to Tampa and then Arlington, Houston. And then I made it up to Denver. And then that was like for the all-star break. And then I stuck around an extra week so I could actually like go to a Rockies game. Um, so that was like, that was the one thing I needed to make sure I made it to was like, okay, need to get to Denver for the all-star game. Um, so that was incredible. And then after that was the Midwest. I did Minneapolis, Chicago for the Cubs, Cleveland, Detroit, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, Chicago again for the White Sox, then Kansas City, then St. Louis, I had to backtrack, and then Seattle, and then Oakland, San Francisco, uh, the Angels, San Diego, back to LA for the Dodgers, Phoenix, and then cherry on top, Toronto, to actually see the Blue Jays at their actual home stadium. And you did this driving. I drove the whole thing, except you can't drive to Toronto. Right. They don't let you, I think. Uh, But also you can't get an expedited passport unless you have like a flight itinerary. So I was like, I guess I have to fly, which is, was a welcome change. (laughs) So based on that itinerary, it sounds like the longest driving was what St. Louis to Seattle. Yeah. So that is, I think about 30 plus hours, um, uh, and then I stopped in Denver for a couple of days because I stopped in Denver so many times. <laughs> it's a good st- it's place a good to stop. Point. It's like the only major city between like the Midwest and the West Coast, pretty much. So um, I stopped, yeah, in Denver. But yeah, that was the longest drive. It just took forever to get to Seattle. Which is why it's so difficult for the Mariners because they're so isolated up there. Um, not to get into your business too much, but I know that there was a charity component where you're asking people to help. Um, give you money in order to help pay for all of this and also for the charity. So tell us about um, just what that's like trying to raise money and being able to afford this without going deeply, deeply into debt. (laughs) Thank you for asking. Um, So yeah, I had a charitable charitable component to it. Um, I was raising money for the Boys and Girls Clubs of America and I'd done work with them in the past in Hartford. I'd done a fundraiser in Delaware too. So it was super important for me to raise money for something that was so important to youth sports. 
um, because, of course, I want to further the game of baseball. I want to make sure we have so many baseball fans to come. Uh, and they do so many other amazing things for kids in their communities, too. So that's a very important cause for me. Um, I had a Patreon going, too, for myself for my own expenses. So I got like a little money through there. I was so fortunate to have sponsors. I got tickets from TickPick because they saw that I was doing this and they loved the cause. So they actually they reached out to me and they offered to help with the fundraiser, too, which I loved. Um, but yeah, it was so cool. Um, at the beginning of the trip, um, I'd kind of hoped to maybe visit some boys and girls clubs along the way. I got the opportunity to in Denver because um, MLB and boys and girls clubs did um, a whole club reno. Um, and it was great. I got to see they did a whole play ball field mm -hmm. at the club that they renovated. Um, so that was the only club I ended up getting to visit though, because then after that COVID kind of started to get worse and they were like, yeah, maybe don't visit all these kids. <laughs> so, um, I was hoping to maybe like include them a little more in my road trip, but, um, we're living in unprecedented times. So. Yes. And, and we are definitely still living in those unprecedented yeah. times. And so again, a lot of people have been fortunate to go to every ballpark, Unless they did it this year, no one's done it in a pandemic. So explain some of the like the challenges or the concerns when you're just going from city to city. And even if you're in your car, still, you're, there's a lot of people that you're around. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny, too, because every state has different rules. Every county has different rules. So you'll just be like going from one state to another and being like, oh, I have to wear a mask here, I have to wear a mask there, but I don't in most... So, like, I mean, a lot of the... T some states, you know, there are just no rules mm -hmm. whatsoever. And then, like, you transition into a state that has a lot of rules, and it's like, oh, right, I have to do this again. <laughs> what were the... Um the planning. Okay. So you, you laid this all out. Like how long did it take for you to kind of plan it out? Are you on like Google maps and see how long it takes to get from place to place or the schedules of like, do you have like 30 different windows up on your computer or did you have an old school, like <laughs> printed out to see who is who and where you can get where? Well, I don't have a printer. So, <laughs> Uh, I don't know anyone who's a printer at this point. Um, so I, it took me about six or seven hours to map it out. So I did it kind of by section. It was like, okay, I'll plan out the Northeast first and see what I can make it to. And of course, yeah, Google Maps, you figure out all the drive times, like, oh, how many days will it take me to get to this place? Because you also don't want to, like, yeah, you can drive 12 hours in a day, but like, I don't think I'm going to be in good condition after driving 12 hours in a day. So it's like kind of trying to figure out how much can I do in one day. Um, so I broke it up into regions. I was like, okay, the Northeast, I did the South, I had the Midwest, and then the West Coast. Um, so then I just had all these schedules pulled up, and it took me forever to map it all out because, especially, um, I gotta show you like the map of what my Midwest route looked like. Cause, like, in theory, you could do a nice little circle, but the schedule didn't work out that way. So it was like Cincinnati, Detroit, Cleveland, like a big zigzag all across. And it's like I went to Kansas City first and then went back to St. Louis and then drove back through Kansas City again. So, um, yeah. Yeah, a very chaotic route, especially in the Midwest, but um, it took me forever to map it out. But once I mapped it out, I was like, oh, I feel like I can actually do this. <laughs> and, and so you started in early May and you ended what, late September? I ended, actually, I was still in um, Toronto at the beginning of October. So I was, okay. I was 
going through it until the end of the regular season. So it's basically five full months. Yeah. Five full months. Mm-hmm. Now, in addition to just enjoying the games, you, you wanted to get to know people. You wanted to see what the... So what were some of the things that you would do in each city? Yeah, so I would, I'd love to talk to people. I mean, I'm a reporter at heart, so I would just love finding people, asking them questions. Um, and then usually people would see me at games, and I would bring my camera with me, too. So I got the chance to take some great pictures, too, uh, which is I had so much fun with. But uh, people would see the camera, and they'd be like, well, what are you doing? So honestly, like, I didn't even have to approach that many people. People are so nosy where they're like, well, what are you doing with that big camera? How'd you get that in here? What are you taking pictures? Do you work for the team? And I'm like, no, I'm actually driving to like all these parks. I'm like, wait, that's so cool. So like, it was a great accessory, yeah, to get to know people. And I also have so many cool pics that are tied to really fun memories. And you're working on a book, which we'll get to later, mm-hmm. but we need to discuss more about just the, the nuts and bolts of, of what this entails. Was there... Like one type of souvenir that you wanted to get from each city or from each ballpark? Mm-hmm. So every ballpark I went to, I got a ball with the team logo on it. And I would write the date and the number of that, that number that it was on the trip. So I have 31 balls. But of course, when I started the trip, well, first of all, I didn't realize that I was going to even go to Buffalo. So I was like, okay, like when I went to Philly, I was like, this is one of 29. (laughs) And then like, you know, I did the rest of the teams and I was like, okay, this is number two of 30. So like when I put these all in a case at some point, people are like, what is going on here? Um, But I, so my whole plan was, okay, out of 30, like I did like one out of 30, two out of 30. But then of course, when I get to, um, Toronto. I was like, I guess this is 31 out of 30. <laughs> I didn't even, I'm like, this started chaotic and it ended chaotic. Were you bummed that you didn't get to Dunedin to see the Blue Jays in three different home ballparks? I was a little bummed, but I did not have the time to make it because my sister got married in May and she would not have been happy if I was traveling to Florida <laughs> right before her wedding. So um, I had to skip it, unfortunately. And again, it was super important for me to be like fully vaccinated before I started this trip. And I wasn't at that point. So I just, it wasn't in the cards for me. Um, so I kind of I wish I did, but it was really cool seeing them in Buffalo, too. Describe some of the different places where you sat. You mentioned how someone was able to help you out getting the tickets, but Mm -hmm. how often were you at the top of the ballpark? How often were you in the bleachers? How often were you, like, right behind a dugout? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I did have a – I had help with tickets for sure, but I still had to budget a little bit. So I um, I kind of gravitated towards um, upper level um, and, like, right behind home plate uh, because you can get over the the netting to get good pictures of the pitcher and usually the batter, too, depending on the ballpark layout um so I kind of would gravitate to up there but also I walk around so much during games and before the game so like sometimes I would relocate a little bit (laughs) but those that's usually where I would buy tickets that was like my go-to spot why baseball why not go visit every NBA arena or every football stadium? I know that'd be really hard to do with football because there's only so many weeks, but why baseball? You know, that the thing about baseball is, you know, they play it every day. So, like, you can turn it into your whole summer, just really immerse yourself into it. And I just love baseball in general. Um, it's definitely my favorite sport. I'm a huge baseball girl, so... It was just really special to do this this season. Where did that start? Where did that love from baseball originate? Um, So I'm from Philly, which is a very intense sports town. So if you don't like every team, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) But also uh, my grandfather, who I was super close with, was a diehard baseball fan. Um, So he was definitely the biggest baseball influence in my life. Um, And he passed away at the beginning of 2020. But um, yeah, just I spent so much time with him. um, And I just... I became a baseball fan at a young age. I don't know. (laughs) 
Isn't it annoying when people ask you, what was your favorite one? What was your favorite ballpark? <laughs> it does annoy me. So what was your favorite ballpark? <laughs> no. I don't have a favorite. I have like a group of favorites. Um, uh, before you get into that, what <laughs> makes a ballpark more memorable or less memorable for you? Um, oh, good question. Um, you know, I love, I always appreciate like a good layout, something that's really walkable, something where you have good views, no matter where you are. Um, something that has good food, something that has like great fans who are super fun and really friendly. Like those are all things that were really important to me when deciding like, what, what do I like in a ballpark? And so how about the top five? Oh, thank you. Okay. How about the top five most memorable and explain why they became yeah. the most memorable. I loved Seattle. And heading into this road trip, Seattle was like the number one park that I was most excited to check out. Um, and it did not disappoint. It was so fun. The, the park is beautiful. The city is beautiful. Um, and like, it was like fun and weird too. Like, you know, I ate the the grasshoppers and that was very controversial on Twitter. <laughs> Why was it so controversial? <laughs> because you're eating bugs and people are like, that's so gross. Or like other people are like, that's so cool. What does it taste like? They taste like their seasoning. Like it's okay. like the texture of popcorn and it tastes like their seasoning. So I'm just like, I don't get why people are so grossed out like this i'm not eating like bug guts like it's and they're just like a fried fun thing yeah so they were it was fantastic uh but the other reason i had so much fun in seattle we were walking around uh my mom tagged along with me for a couple of ballparks she picked the pacific northwest because she just wanted to see some nice stuff uh and then a friend of mine from college actually had moved to the seattle area so i brought them both to the game neither of them are baseball fans so it's just like also so funny bringing non-baseball fans to a baseball game and like i very much have my routine and they're just like it's so hard to wrangle them <laughs> but we were walking around and we kept seeing people in berets and like striped shirts and like carrying baguettes and i'm like what is happening at this ballpark right now so finally i grabbed one of them i'm like why are you dressed like this what is happening <laughs> Like, what is this, like, France Appreciation Night happening? They're like, no, it's South of France Night. I'm like, what does that mean? Ooh. Are y'all French? <laughs> they're like, no. So there's a section, like, down the first baseline, and they call it South of France because it's south of Thai France. Oh, okay. Very charming. <laughs> so, I love like, it. there's, like, a whole section. They all get into it, but they approached the Mariners and wanted to do a promo night, and they wanted to call it South of France Night. So they coordinated with them, and they basically – they had the, the – so people had to buy special tickets for it and all of that, as you do with any kind of promo. But, like, the Mariners were giving out, like, actual baguettes. And, like, everyone was wearing berets and, like, had signs and, like, those big heads. But they did, like, Thai France, like, trivia all night. It was so fun. It was, like, minor league delightful mm -hmm. at a major league park. And it was one of my favorite things that I saw all season. I love this because, well, first of all, Thai France is San Diego State. He's an Aztec. Okay. <laughs> so I love that. But I also... I also just think it's really cool when basically when fans do the work for the marketing department, when something organic just happens and they just come up with the idea and the organization. So credit to the Mariners. So there's like, yes, we're going to embrace this. We're going to run with this. Our fans want to do it. We're going to do it. And I love anytime that you can highlight a player who may not be on like the cover of magazines, right? But mm -hmm. is loved in that city by those fans for whatever reason. Yeah, it was the best. Like I loved everything about it. <laughs> Okay, so Seattle's in the top five. Yeah. What else is in the top five? Cleveland was amazing. I love that ballpark. Um, I loved the city of Cleveland. Like, I was trying to find an architectural tour of the city of Cleveland, and I was like, where can I sign up for one? And everyone's like, well, you can't. It's Cleveland. <laughs> I loved it, though. Uh, I like the layout of that park, too. I think it's easy to walk. It's There's great views everywhere. Um, 
And, oh my gosh, like the fans were so fun. And I was also there right after they announced the name change. I was just about to ask if mm-hmm. they if the Guardians was known yet. So they, they had just become known. So I think this was only in the news for a week, maybe less. So like I hit great timing mm-hmm. there. So I was like asking some fans and I got like a lot of mixed reviews. Like some guys were like, hey, that's BS, man. Like, why would they change the name? We're the Indians. And then other people were like, you know, I've been an Indians fan my whole life, but like, I get it. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, I'm good with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool. And you can see like the Guardian statues on that bridge yes. from the park. Um, I think I was talking to someone who like had like a statue of, or a tattoo of that statue. And they were like, wow, now this is a sports tattoo. Mm-hmm. It was not before. <laughs> Um, so I loved I loved Cleveland a lot. Um, definitely one of my favorites. I think that Cleveland's underrated in that way. It's so underrated. <laughs> and anyone from Cleveland who hears this is just going to be a Susie Hunter fan forever <laughs> because it's just really easy to make fun of Cleveland, right? Yeah. And so it's good that when Cleveland gets the love that it deserves. But yet you didn't go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I didn't have time. Right. And you didn't go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. No, no, it's in a different city. Yeah, but it's still like an hour away. Yeah, but I mean, my hours of driving are... <laughs> Very special. <laughs> All right. So we got Seattle and Cleveland so far in the top yeah. five. What else? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's amazing. And a lot of people say Pittsburgh mm-hmm. is amazing, but it is beautiful. That is a beautiful park. It's a great city. It's a city with a color scheme. You know, mm-hmm. I appreciate like a specific color palette for a city. All the teams match. <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's such a cool city. It was so humid. It was wet, very uncomfortable. Um, I was at the game where Cabrian Hayes hit a home run, but didn't touch first base. Okay. <laughs> Which was very confusing in that moment because, like, you kind of can't tell what, like, you can't tell that he missed first base just watching it, like, as a fan, especially depending on where you're sitting. Uh, and I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, I have him on my fantasy team. Like, you just did this to me. Like, are you serious? <laughs> but it was, just, it was so confusing for a few minutes. But I was like, wow, I cannot believe I just saw this. I didn't see any no hitters the whole season, but I saw someone miss first base. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to pause in, in, in our ranking of the top five and yes. give you a chance to kind of catch your breath because I've been making you talk a lot here. Uh, so before my senior year in high school, my dad and I went on like a little mini trip. I remember I would always said, you know, oh, what if we did like a trip, dad? And he was like, all right. Well, he basically called my bluff and said, we'll map it out and, you know, and let's see. And so this was before the internet. So I called every a single major league baseball team and had them mail me their schedules. And so I laid it out on the kitchen table. Um, and I knew that there are certain places that we wanted to hit and other places, um, that we could maybe hit. And so I basically like, I came up with, I think two different itineraries and then I showed it to my dad and it depended on his work schedule and my like school schedule, like when I'm going back to school and we picked the second one, and I had been saving up some money so I could contribute a little bit to it from working at Chili's as a busboy <laughs> in high school and found a travel agent. And so the itinerary that we did, we left on a Saturday morning, and we went to Wrigley for two games. Then we stayed in Chicago, and we went to the um, Old Comiskey. It was the last year of the Old Comiskey. Ooh. And then we went to Tiger Stadium for one day. Then we flew to... I think it was Albany, and we drove to Cooperstown to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Then we drove to New York and went to see Yankee Stadium, and we got to see the uh, the A's play the Yankees, which was super rad. We saw that Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday morning, we woke up, and we drove to Boston and went to a game there in Boston. And then I remember on the way back, my dad got a page that he had to like go somewhere for work, so I flew home by myself after all of this. And my dad's like, ah, you're an experienced traveler by now. You, you, you've got this. But the reason why I bring this up 
besides humble brag, is I'm thinking about like the different things that we saw. And when you said, oh, I saw a guy hit a home run but missed first base, this reminds me of like my memories. And so I don't have a whole lot of great memories of Wrigley other than we didn't have tickets, and so it was standing room only, and we just assumed that we'd be able to find two empty seats, and we couldn't. So we were basically just kind of like wandering and standing behind a line, and it wasn't very fun. But Old Comiskey was awesome. We got there early. We had plenty of time. We were no longer sleep deprived. There were night games. I remember we like hung out in like the uh, the area around the Comiskey. Um, I remember that Bobby Thigpen set the single season saves record when we were there. So I have that memory. Um, when we went to Tiger Stadium, I remember Cecil Fielder hit a home run on the roof of Tiger Stadium. Um, from the from the games at. At Yankee Stadium, my biggest takeaway was that, well, first of all, that was the year that the A's beat the Yankees all 12 games, which was awesome. And at one point, the um, the DJ played some type of like Beach Boy surfing song. And I remember there was this really drunk Yankee fan who stood up on the seats and pretended like he was surfing. <laughs> That's my biggest memory of going to Yankee Stadium. And then the Sunday game, we saw Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. They didn't both homer, but they both got hits. And they were back-to-back, and we sat up on the roof. Of, of Fenway. And so those are like my biggest, just like game action and random memories from that trip. That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. My dad's pretty rad. He's super <laughs> rad. So what are some of the other like baseball related things that you saw that went, Oh yeah, I'll always remember this. Or I'll just yeah. remember this crazy fan, you know, trying to surf on seats. Oh my gosh. First of all, drunk fans do <laughs> hilarious things. They are so funny. They are performance artists. <laughs> Um, I saw when I was in, actually when I was in Cleveland, I saw an out of the park home run and I was like walking up to the park. I was late. It was a day game and it was a night game the night before. So I was super tired and I was kind of waiting for ticket prices to go down a little bit too. So like I got to the game like way late and I was like, oh gosh, like I only have so many opportunities to, you know, be, you know, at this stadium. And I was like a little mad at myself for being late. And as I was walking up and out of the park home run was hit right to where I was and I had my phone out already because I had started, I vlogged the whole trip. So I was like starting to record stuff. So I caught the guy who caught the out of the park home run and it was like a whole thing. And like, actually like one of the local RSN uh, took my footage from Twitter and just used it without credit, of course. With, of course, without credit. <laughs> of course. Uh, but it was like cool. Like the dudes were like so grateful that I had like a video of them mm-hmm. like catching this home run. So like they bought me beers the rest of the okay. day. So like that was awesome too. Uh, good vibes in Cleveland. Okay. I had a lot of good memories. <laughs> okay. So Seattle, Cleveland. Yeah. What else is in this top five? Uh, I did say Pittsburgh was oh, in the right, top Pittsburgh. five Oh, that's right. Pittsburgh. Okay. Yes. Um, the new Globe Life. In Arlington, the new Ranger Stadium is kind of a modern marvel. Really? Yeah. I don't want to like it. It's convince uh, me why I should give it a chance. So ugly on the outside, it just looks like a big weird convention center. But inside, it's like a little course field. Like it, really? it's beautiful inside, and there's so much that goes into it too. Um, like the uh, windows at the at the top, like on the retractable dome, like they're actually like an inflatable like almost like a bag and that works as insulation to keep the cooler air inside, but you still get the light that comes in. So it's just, it's, it's a modern marvel. It looks really boring on TV. I'm not going to lie though. Oh yeah. I mean, but it's not boring inside when you're actually there. So 
I guess that helps. I think it's also, I still just find it weird. It feels like the Rangers opened up a new ballpark like three years ago, and now they have yet another new one. The funny thing is, so when I was a kid, we lived in Arlington, Texas, very briefly. And when I lived there, the ballpark was new. Um, And they just played their first season there. But we lived there in January uh, and February and all that. So I never got to actually go to the stadium. So the fact that I finally get back to Arlington and there's already a new ballpark, and I'm like, this really has not been that long. Like, I feel like when I was eight years old, it was not that long ago. But, like, it's still there. So I was like, oh, there it is. I never got to go. But... What do they use the old one for? Um, I think a college team might play there. Oh, but that makes sense. Yeah. I think. Don't quote me on that. Okay. All right. So you don't have to do a fifth unless you want to add a fifth to your favorite ballpark. You know, it's so funny. Usually, like, people ask what my top three, or people ask what my favorite is, and I give them a top three. I never do a top five. I just, there were so many parks that I loved so much. Um... And I don't know what my number five is right now. And everyone gets mad. They're like, what do you mean you don't like Fenway? Fenway's not in your top five. I was like, well, I worked at a Fenway sports bar for like three years. So like I know Fenway very well. So like I know what I like about it. I know what I hate about it. So it's like I feel like it's biased to put that in my top five because it like kind of was my home ballpark for a while. Yeah. And they have enough. They, they have enough fans. They have enough. They don't need me. They, they, they have enough people putting them in their list. I don't need people thinking I'm a Boston fan, you it's, know? I, I appreciate both Seattle and Cleveland. I, I'm a <laughs> huge fan of Seattle. When I was covering the American League, it was one of my favorite places to go. I just think it's so neat how they have a roof, but it's not a dome. Mm-hmm. And it's just really weird when, you, when the roof is shut, but yet you're cold. <laughs> but it's kind <laughs> of awesome, too. Um, so I, I can appreciate that. Um, okay. So you're going to write, um, you're in the process of writing a book about this. I am. Yeah. What's, uh, what are the themes? What, what's, what's the, um, What's uh, act one? What's act two? What's act three? Like, how are you breaking this up? I feel like I'm your editor now. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to break it up into like each park. So I'm going to kind of write a little chapter about each park and the things that happened because this was a journey and so much just happened over the course of the season. So much was happening in our world. So much was happening with COVID. So, um, just all of that is, yeah, it's, it's all going to come together somehow. Okay. You'll see. <laughs> okay. I, I look forward to this. <laughs> Thanks. Now, this is where, like, if this was a TV show, we'd have, like, dark, ominous music that would slowly start to fade in. Because the internet is good, but the internet is bad, and social media is good, and social media is bad. If it wasn't for social media, I would not know that you even existed. But yet, social media can also have some creepy people. So as yeah. a single woman who's traveling around the country, what were some of the things that you had to do to keep yourself safe? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was so careful. Cause I mean, working in local TV news, people get uh, a little too up in your business sometimes. Um, so I just made a very conscious effort to be super careful on the road. So I really never posted about things until after I left, uh, which I mean, I guess if I had posted before I got there, I probably would have gotten more free things. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I posted about things after I left. So I'd keep getting like DMs being like, Oh, I wish I knew you were at this game. Oh, I was there too. I'm like, I don't want to meet you. Cause I don't know. <laughs> Know you like <laughs> there's a reason why you didn't know there's a little and we, so it's it's a double-edged sword because it's like i'm grateful that people feel like they know me through social media but also like you don't know me and like i might not want to meet you just because you follow me so like it's it's a balance for sure it's like i love to talk to people but like if you give people too much then you know you might end up in a situation that you can't back yourself out of so did you have like set um, 
like ideas or like almost like rules for yourself or did they kind of evolve as the summer went along in terms of, oh, I need to be more careful about this or, oh, I probably don't need to be as careful about that? Um, good question. Um, I mean, I kind of just had like the same set of rules the whole time I was on the road. Um, but yeah, just, I was super careful about what I posted and that was the most important thing for me. Uh, but like all the other, you know, things you're cautious about, like I had pepper spray, I parked in well-lit areas. Cause also like I'm driving this whole thing yes. <laughs> in my car. So like I didn't post, pic- I never posted pictures of my car. I'm like, God forbid anyone recognizes it. Um, so I never posted pictures of my car. Uh, but I was also very careful about like making sure I parked like close to the hotel entrance or close to the apartment where my friends lived that I was staying at just because I'm like, if someone were to break into my car and take all my stuff, like that's my stuff. Like that's it. That, that's your equipment. <laughs> that's my In equipment. addition to yeah. your clothes and everything. Yeah. Didn't exactly. you have something where like a, your car broke down or there was like a key situation? Ooh, there got? was a key situation. What was the key situation? Okay. I, I, I remember seeing this and now I forget. Oh man. It was such a situation. So I was on my way from, I must've been on my way from Cincinnati to Detroit. Oh no, no. I was on my way to Milwaukee. I'm sorry. I was on my way to Milwaukee. And first of all, I have no idea what was going on in Milwaukee that weekend, but hotels were like, every hotel was like $500. And like, I was like messaging people. I'm like, Hey, do you know anyone that I can stay with? And everyone's like, I don't have anyone. I think like who's in town. I'm so sorry. Uh, like Airbnb, there was like a $2,500 Airbnb. And I'm like, I do not know what is happening in Milwaukee this weekend. I could not figure it out. But I was on my way to Milwaukee, trying to get to the game that was that night. And I had to stop in Indianapolis to just like get some lunch, use the restroom, take a little break. And I couldn't get out of my car. I couldn't like leave my car behind because I couldn't find my key in my car. I have one of those cars where it's like, you know, you push to start. So like I knew the key was in the car, but I could not find the key for two hours. And I was like kind of losing it at this point because I'm like, I would love to use a restroom. I am so hungry. Now I'm missing the game because I will not make it in time. But I was just like stuck in this parking lot in Indianapolis. And I'm like, I can't leave my car because if I were to leave it and someone were to walk up to it, they could just walk uh, and walk up to it and drive away with it. Um, and it ended up being in like the little trash bag that I had for Ooh. my car. I don't know how it like fell in there. I must have like thrown it out with a napkin or something or... I don't know how it happened, but like two hours later, I found my key and I'm like, I'm exhausted. I'm like, do I just stay in Indianapolis tonight? Like, I'm like, I don't even know if I can go any further. Was was that because I was I was wanting to ask you about was there moments when you just thought, I just can't do this. You know, it's just too much or it's too expensive or it's too exhausting. Um, and if so, did that happen? And where would that key situation have been? been amongst those ranked moments where you're doubting whether this can be done that was top moment what am I doing did why am I doing this I don't know if I can finish this there are definitely moments especially like the long drives too where I'm like I am so run down what am I doing like I'm just in the car by myself all the time most of the games I went to like I know people in a lot of cities but a lot of the games I went to I was by myself and I'm just like why am I doing this to myself I definitely had moments like that but for the most part it was like this is so freaking cool. This is the dream. The times that you were with people, mm-hmm. like I, I've always thought that's one of the things that I feel I'm just very lucky to have a job that allows me to travel around the country and go to these places. And I'm able to maintain friendships with people who live in these different cities. Yeah. And maybe I just see them once a year, but 
You know, I can mention just so many names of people in different cities where we went to high school together, we went to college together, or we met somewhere randomly, and I get to maintain these friendships. And so when you were able to go to different cities, it's, oh, I know this person from work, and I respect his or her work, or, oh, my mom gets to tag along. What were those moments like? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, um, so I work, you know, working in media, you know so many people who you know, relocate all over the country. And you always say, oh, I'll definitely visit you next time I'm in town. But you kind of never get around to it. But this was the year where it's like, oh, I got around to it. I visited everyone I needed to visit. Um, and that was great. That was one of my favorite parts of this trip, too, is like either reconnecting with like people I used to work with or the great thing about social media, too, is like getting to make friends with people that, you know, are in the same field as you and who do work that you really appreciate. So like getting to meet those people, too, is incredible. Um, that was one of the highlights of the trip, for sure. Approximately how many miles did you put on your car? Um, I think about 15,000. Okay. Yeah. That means you planned it out pretty well, because mm -hmm. I was actually expecting the number to be larger. Yeah, I, I can't believe it's not larger, but yeah, it's a, about that. <laughs> Approximately how many of the games were you solo, and how many were you with somebody? Uh, good. I think like probably 60-40. Okay, yeah. which way? 60-40 uh, alone. Okay. I was, I, was, I was by myself for a lot of these games, for sure. Um, uh, just because, yeah, either, like, if I do know someone in a city, like, they can't always go to the game, mm -hmm. too, so. Uh, but I like going to a game by myself, too. It's And sometimes, depending on the friend you have with you, like, sometimes having someone with you when you're trying to, like, talk to people and get a sense of a fan base, like, sometimes, like, your friends, some friends, like, just aren't a good accessory for that. <laughs> right. Not a good wingman. And, like, yeah, there's some, some friends aren't a good wingman, and that's okay, because, like, they didn't sign up to be my wingman for, like, this thing that I'm doing. Um, so, like, it's kind of refreshing, too to like just be at a game solo and be like, I can do my own thing. If someone wants to do a similar thing that you did, mm -hmm. what would be your advice on what to do? What are like the main things to do and the main things? Let's do that first. Yeah. Main things that you would recommend they do if they want to ch try and hit all 30 ballparks in one year. Definitely plan. Don't try to wing it. I can't believe people ask me. They're like, oh, did you plan it? Did you just wing it? And I'm like, you cannot wing a trip like this. Um, and yeah, definitely figure out ahead of time, like people you could stay with uh, because – I mean, even if you, uh, like, even motels are expensive. I didn't stay in any, in, in any motels. Like, I made sure to, like, stay in, like, something that was, that I felt safe staying in, especially as a female solo traveler. Um, I wanted to feel safe. So I definitely spent a little more money than, like, maybe I could have gotten away with. But, um, yeah, definitely plan it out. Figure out where you're going to stay. I definitely left some hotel reservations for the last minute, too. And it's like, I could have planned a little better. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, plan whatever you can plan um, and leave room for error. When I mapped out this whole trip, I had, like, windows where it's like, okay, I can see these teams on these days. I'm going to aim for this day, but just in case something happens. Uh, so, like, leave a little room for for changes. Um, that was especially important to me, not just with weather over the summer, but like with COVID, mm -hmm. I'm like, if a whole team catches COVID, like there's nothing I can do about it. So, uh, yeah, leave room for error, plan everything you possibly can, but also just like be ready to change that plan at any time. Yeah. So that kind of leads into the, 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 the don'ts. Is there <laughs> any like major don'ts? I cannot think D of anything that I don't did. quit your job. Oh no, do quit your job. <laughs> Everyone quit your jobs. <laughs> There's actually some guy who came through Albuquerque this year, and he joined me on um, on the air for a half inning. Him and his wife were in um, an RV, and I don't mm -hmm. think they went to all 30 major league ballparks, 
But they went to a lot of them, and they went to a lot of minor league ballparks. Mm-hmm. They kind of just went wherever they felt like doing. I love that. So they were in the RV, and so that takes care of the whole hotel situation. Yeah. And because there was two of them, it was him and his wife, they could trade off the, the driving, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Gives them a place to stay. So that seemed like a good way to do it if you're into the RV life. So actually, when I first thought about doing this trip, I pictured myself doing it in an RV. Not that I have an RV. <laughs> not that I've ever been in an RV. I've literally never camped in my life. <laughs> So I was like, oh, like, I'll get an RV. Like, we can, well, ha- make my dad help me, like, fix it up or something. And, like, the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't know how to do an RV. Like, I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know where you park it at night. Like, we're, I, we weren't a camping family. So, like, and also, like, you know, when I mentioned that part to my mom, she was like, I don't want you sleeping in a big van every night. Like, she's like, that doesn't feel safe to me. I would prefer if you didn't do that. I was like, well, if my mom says no... <laughs> Me at 32 years old. I'm like, I can't do it if my mom says no. (laughs) But also, like, you know, that would have also been another thing that I would have had to figure out all summer. But, like, if I had any experience. Also, RVs got really expensive in 2020. Yes, they did. And that's a thing that I did not realize until I started looking them up. And I'm like, oh, right. We're in a pandemic where everyone either got furloughed or laid off or fired or can work from home now. So, like, everyone's doing the RV thing. RVs are expensive. So, I'm like, this is not the journey for me, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Speaking of the word journey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these these types of trips kind of take on, and, and this can be kind of tongue-in-cheek or it can also be serious. It's probably 50-50. It's just like the spiritual journey. Like, what did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about America? I guess this would be like the last chapter of the book about, you know, after all of this time on the road and quitting the job and going to all these cities, like, what's the – what did you learn? Oh my gosh. Great question. Um, I mean, this was such a unique season to do something like this, especially like with where we are as a country, with everything that's been happening in the world. I met so many people who were also on like mini road trips who were just like, I missed baseball so much and I am so happy to have it back. So like, I'm so excited to go to the parks that I'm going to. Um, and I, uh, I was, it was a super fun summer. Like I did a bunch of like podcast interviews kind of like this. I did some news interviews. Um, and People online know that I love ballpark food. Oh, yes. So, like, people would always ask me, like, oh, but, like, what did you eat? Like, who had the best food? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I am traveling the country in a pandemic where last year no one got to go to baseball games. And you want to know what I ate? Yes, 100%. (laughs) Want to know what you ate besides just grasshoppers. (laughs) The grasshoppers were, like, a great thing. Um, But also the weird thing about ballparks were that, like, these stadiums didn't have all of their foods this year. Like the concession companies were kind of like trying to recoup what they Mm -hmm. did not make last year. Um, And especially at the beginning of the season, a lot of stadiums scaled back because, you know, we weren't at capacity, but also like the priority was like serving stuff safely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, we had to do that in Albuquerque. We had to totally cut back on our menu. Yeah. So like that was kind of the case in most stadiums. And I think people didn't realize, I think people are so like baseball's back. We are normal again. It's like, we're not normal. Like it's, we're, not we are not out of this yet um so it was just it was really incredible though to just travel the country during this time meet people who you know also were so excited to just have baseball back and especially those early season games that I went to people were emotional Mm -hmm. and it just like really reminds you how baseball is so much more than the game itself it is it really was so magical (laughs) Well, if we're talking about food, a little bit about food, I'd be remiss if I did not bring up Nacho Scout. Yes. Another one of your um, 
branches of the media tree that you do. Yeah. What is Nacho Scout? Oh my gosh. Okay. So my best friend, Amanda and I started this video series back in 2017 where we would go to minor league parks and eventually major league parks. And we would make videos about the food. And the cool thing about that was, you know, all you have to do is ask if you can do it. And like, for the most part, people are super excited to have you. So like teams would welcome us in, we'd try the food, we'd make really fun videos about, you know, what they had, the atmosphere. Uh, We had such a great time doing it. Um, And we wanted, we genuinely wanted to do it this year. Every single team that we reached out to just totally did not respond. What? I know. And I think like, I'm not sure if it's like, you know, they don't need the exposure because people who are going to games are going to games. Everyone's so eager to be back, even if like they're not a huge fan, like they don't have trouble getting people in the seats, I guess. So yeah, every team that we reached out to to try to do a Nacho Scout video, no one got back to us, which was like unusual because we had some really good luck like in the past. But I think like, you know, giving people that access and COVID stuff, like it was just too much. So I hope we can bring it back next year but it was tough this year and I was really disappointed so as you're saying that a number of different thoughts have gone through my head and kind of like the theme of what's going through my head right now is just how baseball lends itself to all of these fun things Mm -hmm. right where it's you actually get to catch a home run ball, you know, that's Mm -hmm. over the fence or out of the stadium that you like end up with and or you catch a foul ball and you end up like on sports center where you're not going to do that at football or basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Or if, like hockey, you're just ducking if the puck is coming at you. <laughs> and that you, and baseball lends itself to like Nacho Scout and oh, let me try uh, a craft beer from this city. It just lends itself in a way that other sports don't. Yeah. Well, this, the pace is so much slower. You got a lot of downtime. So it's like you can catch up with your friend that you haven't talked to in years and like still follow the game. And you do have time to go up and get something amazing to eat. So it's just like, I love that rhythm. Maybe that's why I like baseball so much because there's so much other stuff you can do while the game is happening. Would you ever do the Major League Baseball trip again? Oh my God, in a heartbeat. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely would. Like, You'd do I it every year to. if you could. <laughs> I would do it every year if I could. Well, now I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm like, what do I do next baseball season? Like, do I try to hit up minor league teams? Like, I don't know. Well, that's a good cue because <laughs> I come bearing gifts. Oh! Oh my gosh. All right. So um, there's four items here and two of them are for you and two of them, I think you and your roommate can both use. Yes. And it's coming in a Marriott laundry bag. Which I recognized immediately. (laughs) Because I'm really good at wrapping things. So go ahead and uh, let's, let's see what you, what we've got. All right. Um, An isotope Stein, a commemorative Stein. Open it up. Oh my gosh. Hold on a second. Ah. This must be so fun for people listening to me opening gifts. This is incredible. I will say I did drive past the stadium while I was on the road, but did not get to attend a game. This is fantastic. It's a beer stein that also, uh, because I have numerous of them, they also work really well for tea and coffee in addition to beer. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'm totally going to drink tea out of this thing. But All let right. me see what else we have okay. going on. So you have a beer stein. I've got a beer stein. What year was this beer stein from? Because I just took it out of our promo room. <laughs> <laughs> This is called leftover. Ooh, um, so we have some coffee. What what kind of coffee is this? It's what is from this? New Mexico. It's pinon. I've never. Is that a thing? Yes, it's a. It smells really good. Ooh, 
This is so fancy. Oh my gosh, coffee? You've got this isn't new... even isotopes themed. No, it's just New Mexico I coffee. Figure, I figured this would be, I th- figured these were all isotopes. And I, I just got you the medium roast, the traditional, because I wasn't sure. It's smooth and subtle flavor inspired by the pinon nut native to the Southwest. Ooh. It's my favorite coffee. I do not know like a lot about coffee, and I just learned a thing about coffee. <laughs> okay. So go me. All right, let's see what else. And now we have a bag here. within a bag. Oh my gosh, another bag. Oh, for, uh, first of all, a bag? Those cost 10 cents here in Denver. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait a second. Are these socks? Oh wait, those were supposed to be in there. <laughs> okay, that's another story, but <laughs> I forgot that I put these socks in there. You can have Someone, them. Ryan at the ballpark, gave me these socks. These socks too? Yeah, and, and I, um, but I mean, you can have them. No, I don't um, want them now. But they, <laughs> but they weren't supposed to be in the bag. I forgot to take them out. <laughs> Chaos. Chaos ensues. Oh, wait, we have two shirts. Are these shirts? Yes. They're fabric. Ooh. Oh, I like this. Seems like a lady shirt. So I'm assuming. This yes, has to these be two are for you. Oh, yes. Oh, these are the ones that are for me. Yes. Great. Um, okay, what is this? Ooh. Oh, it's a tank. Yes. Oh, my God. It's a mariachi's tank. Oh, I love this. I'm so excited. So we got you some topes and we got you some mariachis. I love this. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Thank you for these gifts. I love minor league merch. (laughs) It's my passion. All right, Susie. Well, any parting thoughts on your life in 2021 and what you do now after such an amazing summer? You know, it's so funny. Um, I, you know, of course, at the end of any year, you look back on the year that you lived. And I feel like I lived three years in this year. Like, I feel like I did so much. Um, I feel like this trip was just something I'm never going to be able to top. So I'm like, I'm not, I don't even know what to do in 2022. I'm like, I can't top last year, (laughs) but I'm going to (laughs) try. That's all you can do. All right. Well, <laughs> this was awesome. Thank you for uh, the time and the stories and hopefully inspiring others to quit their job, <laughs> travel around the country to go to baseball stadiums. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so fun. Once again, that is the Susie Hunter, and this is Life Around the Seams. <laughs>